and welcome back to another episode of Wet Hot American Moon Juice, a hit NaNoWriMo podcast. My name is Morgan, and I couldn't think of a clever intro. And my name is James, and I let Morgan do my work for me. Men! (laughs) (laughs) I offered, okay? (laughs) I did offer to do it. I did a great job, though. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway... (laughs) Uh, it is day 27 Oof. of NaNo. Yeah. How's it going? <laughs> oh, it's going. It's going okay. It... Every time I'm not writing, I'm like, oh, geez, I'm not going to ever be able to write. I don't know what I'm going to write. I don't know how to write. Uh-huh. What am I going to say? Uh-huh. Everything. And then I sit down and I'm like, oh, oh I'll, just, I'll just do it. And then I just start typing and I'm just like, oh, okay. Yeah. This seems good. That's good. And like, <laughs> yeah. And I, I was talking to my dad about it. And like, I was like, it's really just a matter of like, all right, I need one thing, mm-hmm. like one aspect that I'm going to write. And then I can go from there. Like I yeah. was, then the, what I just wrote, like, he's like hiding behind something, waiting for someone to go into this movie theater. And that was all. I was like, this time he's not going to go into the movie theater. And that was it. Yeah. And so then, but then I started writing the scene and I was like, ah, she's going to see him. And like, just keep keeping on going on like, ah, but this is going to be the thing. Uh-huh. And, and then I usually find sort of like the punchline or like the creepy note. I, like, as I told you, I had to, I had to hang on because I was, I was just coming around to the creepy part. Right. And then I feel really good about that. That's good. It sounds like you have yeah. a really good flow for all of your sessions. It, 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 eventually, eventually. <laughs> how about you? How how is everything going? How's everything going with you? This has been a roller coaster of a month for me. <laughs> I was I can't remember if that was yeah. When I was talking to Aaron um, last week, I was like, yeah, I replotted my novel twice, but everything's okay now. I don't yeah. feel that way anymore. <laughs> <laughs> It's like I'm so I'm I'm coming on to the end of it, right? I'm I'm in the end game of the novel. Yeah. I don't think it's actually like I don't think I'll be typing the end this month. It's going to go past the fifty thousand in order to actually yeah. hit the end, which is okay. I'm okay yeah. with that. Yeah. But as I'm like moving into this end game, all of a sudden I was like, but what if it ended this way? And then that set it up for a sequel in which we did these events. And then I was like, no, (laughs) that ruins my outline. So now I just don't even know where I'm going. But I I finally got into a group today. Yesterday was Thanksgiving in America. Mm -hmm. And I was not able to hit my word count. So I am behind today. But I'm, I'm halfway there as far as catching back up again, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah, sure, um, absolutely. Were you, were you able to balance Thanksgiving and, and family stuff with your writing? Yeah, because because I was thinking about this today. I was like, because I have the most fucked up sleep schedule, <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, it's totally fine for me to write at 1 o'clock on Thanksgiving morning and oh then God. at like 1130 at night on Thanksgiving <laughs> evening, and I'm just fine. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all, if that works, things, then it works. It, it, and like, I, all of you have been talking about, like, I wrote a bunch of words to catch up. And like, mm-hmm. I wrote for, Kyle was like, I wrote for two hours or whatever. And I'm sitting here being like, I can't write. I don't know that I've written for more than 30 minutes. Yeah. I just can't sit still for long enough to be like, well, I guess I'll go on to the second hour of this. Yeah. I'm like... 800 words I'm done I have to go for a walk like it's (laughs) but like 
if I do it two or three times in a day, then that works out just fine for me. Like where it's just like hitting multiple points as opposed to sort of sitting down for like the only reason like I haven't run a marathon in my life is that I just feel like I'd be so bored. Like it's just like that's really the only. <laughs> that's thing what's you holding from. you back. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You could, so, but it's I like could, ugh, I could what's easily the point? do it. It's just like I'm bored. By yeah. It. So, so, like, well, if you're not getting joy out of that, like, what? Exactly. It's like, why bother? Marathon, why don't you get better for me, is the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, oh, man, I really hit a writing group. I broke a thousand. And that feels really good. And, like, it's fun to, it's fun to have the words stop mattering and have the plot be the thing that like is yeah. leading me along. Yeah. And sometimes it feels it really doesn't. good when that happens, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think I talked about this with our microfiction episodes. Like uh-huh. dialogue with the microfiction, it sucked because I was like, I yeah. want dialogue, but it uses up just, inter- you know, like the first two exchanges uses up, you know, half my words of yeah. my hundred. This time I'm like, They've said two sentences to each other, and I'm already 250 <laughs> words into yeah. this. I know and dialogue like, is so good for hitting that word count. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, is that a little bit of banter? A little bit of talking too much? That's just fine. <laughs> I know. I'm always like, I'm always like, I have to make them talk to each other. I have noticed that I stop knowing what words are. Like, <laughs> I'm like, I sat there and I was like, I was looking for the word porthole. I was like, what's the windshield of a spaceship called? Uh-huh. And I was like, it's not the windshield because there's no wind in space. So it can't be that. I was like, glass thing. So I searched and I searched. I was like, what's the front window of a ship called? And they're like, the porthole. And I was like, I don't think that's right. But the internet had a, a word where I didn't have a word. So who knows? Fair enough. So I used it. But like when it's a when it's like an adverb or like a like a preposition where you're like it's this and i was i was I, there was something i was like i, I want to say recently this. actually i wanted to use the phrase uh oh yeah you damn i damn right nearly something something and i was like that's not and i searched i was like how do i even search if this is correct usage of damn right i was like you delete it and find a different way of saying <laughs> that's that that's what you do <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a word like that, and now I'm trying to remember what it was, but it was something like, I don't know, like sneaking, like, mm-hmm. but I don't know what it, wow, I'm trying to remember, yeah. like, what the word was, and, and it was like, like, she snook over there, like, S-N-O-O-K, <laughs> and I'm like, nope, <laughs> like, that's not what it was, <laughs> so then I'm sitting, but it wasn't, sne- it wasn't sneak, but it was something similar to that, where it was, like, yeah. the, the tense that I wanted to use it in just doesn't mm. exist for that word, so I yeah. was like, okay, instead of making up a word, why don't yeah. I use a different one, <laughs> but I sat there for a really long time trying to yeah. figure it out, and now I don't, I don't know what, yeah, what it well, was, that's but. Good. It's, yeah. it's not glaringly obvious to you when you're like, oh, yeah, it was plump. They they done did plump the thing. Yeah. Like, a, you know, like, a, it does not, if it's not like a sore, like, where you're like, ugh, I, I have to go back and change that. Yeah. I think you solved it. Yeah. Mystery solved. Absolutely. I know. I'm sure I'll find it sometime during revisions, and then that's fine. Speaking of tense, I have been struggling so i have my real life and my genre molo life right yes my real life is written in first person past tense present which means that he's talking about things that are currently happening but he's using past tense verbs like 
I was going to do this. But what he means is, I am going to do this, but it's so it's so weird. So then I'll okay. keep talking about things that he's like planning in the future. So he's like, I was thinking about when I would... And I'm like, is he telling this to someone? But it's too late now to like go back and 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 like make an, a big overhaul. So I'm like, I every time I run into like a, oh my god, I think this is, I think this is a huge problem with my thing. Yeah, I'm like, well, okay, well, toss that in the trash pile. We'll just we'll just There's we're no building time. a structure here. Yeah, someone else will do this later. It'll yeah. be me, I guess. Of but course. Like, like if I can't think of the word to control F in my document. To be like, does he like this or did I say that he does not like this? Mm-hmm. I'll look that up. But if I'm like, uh, I don't remember. I think I didn't introduce this character, but now they're a main character. So yeah. eh, I'll introduce them later. <laughs> <laughs> like there was this whole thing where I was like in the Western, I was like, we didn't realize how quickly we'd be coming back to this town. They never went back to that town at all. <laughs> so... Let's talk about themes. Yeah, let's do it. Do you want to talk about themes? Because we're both writing like dark books. I keep talking about how dark this book is getting. <laughs> and know. and yours is obviously it started that way. So it it sort of did. Like I, I keep being like, this book is supposed to be scary. And yet here I am making this dumb joke. <laughs> and all I keep thinking is like, Stephen King makes dumb jokes all the time. Stephen King makes <laughs> dumb jokes all the time. It's fine. Just yeah. have a bloody thing happen later. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's totally fine. Yeah. So what what themes have you been seeing in your work? So I guess what I wanted to talk about is basically the fact that I didn't real. So I started writing this vampire story, and I was like, "Oh, cool! It's it's vampires. How cool is that?" Yeah. And then I realized as I'm I'm going into it and starting to kind of work out these like details between their interactions and what's going on is that like, and maybe this is just for me, but I feel like it's kind of for like probably all sorts of vampire stories, but there's definitely like an element of like consent and like power mm. dynamics that happens between like a vampire and, and a mortal, for instance, that right. I wasn't expecting having to grapple with so hard because yeah, I mean, so, so basically Basically, you know, vampires have to drink the blood of mortals to survive, which and and so they're always depicted as, you know, sort of creeping around in the dark and and preying upon people while they're sleeping and stuff like that, which is an inherently non-consensual act, right? right. Like yeah. and so in order for them to survive, usually they have to break those boundaries with yeah. strangers all the time. And so I was sitting there like Oh my god, this sucks! Yeah. <laughs> like ah. I don't like that. Um, <laughs> I, I was sitting there like I don't like that. You know, like yeah. like I was turning like one of my main characters is a vampire, and the whole the whole meeting between him and the other character who starts as a mortal. Spoiler: she turns into a vampire because like that's what happens to the mortal main character in every vampire <laughs> book. So of course that's happening. No one is surprised. It's all vampires down it's here. All, it's all vampires. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> vampires all the way down. Vampires all the way down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so when they meet, he's like feeding from her or whatever. Mm. And so and then I'm like thinking later, I'm like, you know, even though they like align themselves with each other later and they start working together and stuff, I can't have them really become super friendly with each other because he violated her 
like violated her basically violated her um agency in such a way that like how do you come back from that you know and like that was a traumatic experience for her whether she realizes it or not like that is such a violation of like her own agency that like she has to figure out how she's going to come back from that and figure out Mm you know how to reconcile those things and does she forgive him and if she does what does that look like and and does he ask for forgiveness and all this stuff Um, and then later she becomes a vampire at his own hand right because she dies and so he's like i'm gonna save you and then she's like no like you didn't have any right to do that like if i was gonna die i was gonna die and then you stepped in and took that away from me too and so you take everything away and what the heck so yeah so that's like big i didn't realize that when i first set out to do this definitely there's a i it makes me wonder if that um you know that thing that they do in vampire movies sometimes where it's like they have to be invited in yeah i wonder if that was like retcon to have there be any modicum of consent involved in vampires like right like they have to be invited in and then i also start thinking about like are vampires avatars for like immigrants and it's like they always usually come from like foreign lands and stuff. Yeah, and I mean, to, to invite them in is like a customs thing. It's like you brought them in, so it doesn't, you know, the scourge of the immigrant is our own thing. Too. No, like a hundred percent. Like yeah. vampires in classical literature have often, like, so in horror, right? Like the big bad and whatever the horror story is, oftentimes reflects you know, sort Mm. of what's going on around in the world that society is worried about. And there have been a lot of, um, you know, in classical literature, vampires being used as a stand-in for immigrants and people being afraid of immigrants coming into the country. Um, I mean, you can even see in the original, in Dracula, um, you know. Oh, in Dracula, absolutely. He comes from a foreign land and he's taking (laughs) over and he preys upon their their innocent women and, you know. (laughs) They're going to come and steal your women and kill your men and take your land. (laughs) Yeah, that's like, that's what the whole book is, so... That's absolutely. All your sycophants are going to go on over to them and just be all loyal to them. It's like, what are we going to do for labor these days? <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, but yeah, so I think that, I don't know. That's, yeah, that's yeah. interesting about the, the having to welcome them in kind of thing. Yeah. There was a, um, the I'm, I've been watching American Horror Story for, largely for like tone for this book, mm-hmm. but also because like the concept of like an ensemble anthology cast that like changes characters each season but Mm -hmm. a lot of the same cast is really cool to me and there was one that had vampires and they treated it kind of like an std interesting where it was like i've given you this disease and the symptoms of it are like you look great and you live forever (laughs) like but you need to feed on blood so there's a there's a thing of like and they explored a little bit of the like I was dying and then you made me live forever and that is not what I wanted. Yeah. Like, the, you you turned me into a monster and I don't want to be that, but also you give you gave me life again, so then where does the where where do my what, you know, what should I be grat- grateful for and what should I be what do I have what do you have to be sorry for? Like Right. Ugh, yeah, I mean consent is so wild because I wonder if you could do... I bet there have been papers written about, like, vampires through the years and, like, how that has evolved. And, like, are the vampires of 
like that like the Morgan Spatolas are writing how are they compared to like Bram Stoker stuff right like I feel like my my sort of take on it starts going through this sort of feminist lens essentially and and also like maybe sex positivity lens if we want to get into like you know themes of rape even um you know and and consent in that way um and, and abuse um so I I think that I mean, those are problems that have existed for a long time, but I think tackling sure. them in literature maybe might be like yeah. a, well, it's, I'm not going to say it's a new thing. That's dumb. That is a dumb train of thought. But I guess what I'm trying to say is like consent politics feels like a new concept yeah. that people are exploring. And so that is what sure. my 2020 vampires are about is consent yeah. politics. So, exactly. um, but yeah, I know I, once I'm done with this draft, I need to really, um, just read all of the academic breakdowns of vampires and stuff because I, I have been feeling myself touching on these themes and then going, Oh, that's a theme I'm exploring. Okay. I want to, um, you know, explore that further and really develop that in this story instead of just passing over it, you know? So, but I don't have time to do that right now. So I'm just kind of identifying it where I see it pop up and then I'll try to strengthen it later. My stuff that keep popping up is, is themes of disappearance. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Loved ones suddenly not being there. I mean, loved ones suddenly not being there is the whole thing, but also like the disappearance of memory, the disappearance of time. And then like in the stories, there's always a, and I, I, you know, I started doing this intentionally, or like at least leaning into it. But like, there'll be like they woke up and everyone they thought that was going to be there was suddenly not there, uh-huh. or like they're waiting for like this thing to come over the intercom and they just sit there, nothing happens. Like where, you know, like where are these people? What's going on um, with that? And that is exactly indicative of my fear of being alone all of a sudden, and like. Uh-huh not and like you know people that i love suddenly be like i always have this fear and it's always aaron that is the subject of this but like i'm always like oh my god what if aaron died and no one told me mm-hmm. and like her parents this was like when she was in, in college and, and like we were not like five minutes away from each other but yeah like, um you know like we were at separate colleges what if she got in a horrible car accident and they were all mourning and like everything was going bad and no one was like think i'll send a email to james and I just didn't know. Yeah. And like, it was so like, that's ugh. terrifying. Or like making friends on the internet. Like, yeah. If, if you just were like, if you lost internet, like let's say Arizona was like, oh, internet banned, <laughs> you know, whatever. And like, we'd be like, uh, Morgan hasn't been on in like two weeks. We'd probably hear about the internet ban in Arizona, but how? They wouldn't have internet. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> how would they so, tell like, anyone? <laughs> Right, exactly. And so, like, it would be weird because, like, we'd be like, it. it's these false connections, I think, like, mm-hmm. that we make these friendships. And it's not like pseudo relationships, like, you know, how I'm best friends with Anna Kendrick. It's more <laughs> like that, like, my really, really good friends are people that are mostly pixels on a screen. Uh-huh. And to have, and that, that can go away. Yeah. And, and that being like memory and like kind of like Alzheimer's type stuff or like yeah. even just getting older type stuff. Yeah. Where I can't think of the word porthole, for example. <laughs> and all this stuff and like how it relates to like death and disappearance and how that is the same, but also not the same and stuff like that. It keeps cropping up and I keep being like, oh, that's that theme too. Like I wrote Labyrinth into my, my story. Uh huh. And I was like, oh, that's about 
a baby being kidnapped. Like, this girl has to go track down a loved one that has disappeared. Uh-huh. Well, didn't think about that. Like, so <laughs> it's 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 weird to, like, literally analyze your own thing and be like, hey, there are all these connections there that I didn't realize I was making. Yeah. Which is really cool. But like I told yeah. you, I haven't written anything long enough to have recurring themes because I've written, like, half a scene and been like, all right, well, that's about it. Yeah, totally. <laughs> but now that you have something going on for so long, it's it's easy to see where those exactly. things are popping up as a pattern. Right. I'm so interested to read your work once you're ready to release it, because now I want to go through <laughs> and find all that and be like, there it is, the absence <laughs> he was talking about. Do you find that writing about these themes that very, or this theme of disappearance and, and absence and stuff that obviously very much affects you in your own life kind of helps you work through that fear or, or grapple with it or understand it better like do you feel like you're working through something by writing about this or are you just like yeah that's cool that it's all related we don't have to get super existential if you don't want it's to for but we're sure the second one at least it's at okay. very least the bullet point of this is awesome yeah this is like a book or something but i think that there's it's it's weird because like you write yourself into sort of gambits and like mm -hmm. traps and like oh that they were betrayed and like all this stuff about like how okay so now we get need to get them out of it or not yeah you know do I make the decision of do they get out of it or don't they or whatever yeah. but one so one of the traps is okay so he his people are disappearing yeah but how is that affecting him if he doesn't remember like how mm -hmm. do we how do we how do we keep track of that and the fact that they are showing up in his writing gives me sort of hope that it's like your subconscious and your brain is way more powerful than you think it is. Uh-huh. Um, because your brain is actively keeping a hush-hush on how much you think it's powerful, because, like, that would be just an overload. Yeah. Um, and an ego trip. But, like, your brain stores stuff that you don't even realize that it's doing, and that's a real big help to me, is, like... Cool. Don't worry about it. Somewhere in there, they're, you know, they're in there. Yeah. In the... I guess inevitable event that all of my the loved ones in my life disappear and also I suffer like a horrible memory loss at the same time. It's not a book, it's a prediction. Oh god. <laughs> oh my god, I'm like Nostradamus. I'll sell so many books. <laughs> <laughs> Greedy oh suits So yeah, it's it's cool to do that. And then it's also cool to be like, all right, what's scary? Mm -hmm. Like what 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 could be the like the twist here that is scary. Yeah. Like I had this, I, I've introduced texting, which I thought was funny because you were like, I'm just going to start writing emojis into my, into my novel. <laughs> I literally, and I had her saying something like, Oh, I'm sorry. And then I almost just like typed a sad face. And I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> like what is happening right now? I stopped myself. When I, but... when I wrote my first smiley face, uh -huh. I was like, shout out to Morgan. Emojis <laughs> in the text. Nice. <laughs> but then she won't tell him what her name is and like whatever. And then it like what I just wrote is like, she's like, I haven't had my phone for like four hours. Who's been texting you? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, that's creepy. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's the whole thing of like, all right, this is going along fine. Now what's going to happen? That's that's creepy. It's so funny to look at my thing and be like. Oh, that happens because I'm scared of this. And that happens because I'm scared of that. Uh-huh. Like, all throughout the book. Being like, what's creepy? Like, just asking yourself what's creepy and writing it. And yeah. then going back and being like, that's creepy to you because of this fear that you have. Yeah. What are you scared of that you're writing about in this book? Is it, like, consent stuff? Or, like, is there something else? 
this feels like an expose and I don't mean it to be. <laughs> like, but if you could just tell the truth and look into the camera, Morgan. <laughs> just answer the question. <laughs> I don't know why you're evading this. So, like... <laughs> I don't I don't think I would say that my book is a scary book. Mm, so okay. I'm not sure if it's necessarily that I'm exploring fears around things, mm. but I would definitely say that I am exploring themes in my life and questions I've asked myself about things that have happened in my life. But I don't think I mean, the things that happen to the main character, I guess, objectively would be scary. Like, it would Mm -hmm. be scary for a vampire to, like, suck your blood. And then, like, it would be scary to die and be brought back to life as a vampire. Like, that's pretty scary. Sure, But I'm not writing it as though it is. I'm just writing her reactions to it because she lives in a fantasy world where weird fantasy things happen, you know? So it's not, it's inconvenient (laughs) and frustrating, but I don't know if it's necessarily scary it's a really interesting way to look at it though because i think that that's something i should address is is that scary and what does that feel like to be scared of that if she's scared in my second draft but but also she isn't why not exploring why that is yeah would be interesting too because i think there are lots of things that happen in books where i'm like well you're up so high and they're like oh my god i didn't pay my electric bill and i'm like but (laughs) (laughs) you're like why are you thinking about that yeah yeah absolutely different priorities of fear i guess oh priorities of fear i like that phrase i'm I'm gonna like think about that yeah for real our mutual our co-written dissertation where we both get our doctorate (laughs) oh my god Please. Yeah, I'm scared of that commitment, too. Uh, um. But I think that the main, you know, question that I've been asking and that I found a way to answer, like, I think I knew the answer the whole time, but I think what I was, I was sort of grappling with, do I put this answer in the book? Do these characters mm-hmm. get a happy ending with each other? What happens? Because I think originally I said that, oh, I think they're going to fall in love. And then I was right. like, no, they can't yeah. fall in love. <laughs> Like, this, look at all this bad stuff that he did to her. Like, how unethical would that be for me as a writer to make them fall in love? So my big question was, like, does she forgive him? And do you forgive people that have abused you and, 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 you know, violated your consent and have taken away your agency? Like, do you forgive those people? And what is the criteria for doing so? Right. You know? And I think what I ultimately came to the decision of was, no, <laughs> she yeah. doesn't owe him that. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, right. like she she doesn't owe him that, and he can do whatever he wants to, to to come up with, you know, to say, look, I'm being a better person and all this stuff. But if he wants to right the wrong, he yeah. has to do that for himself. Yeah. And then he can do it for her, if that right. makes sense. But she still yeah. doesn't owe him that. And I think part right. of how I came to that conclusion actually was reading about the concept of Judaism called teshuva, uh, which means uh-huh. to return, but it's basically okay. in English, it's translated as like repentance and, uh-huh. and the way that when you've wronged somebody, how the work that you must do yourself in order to get that back, because it's not as simple as saying, oh, sorry, you know, right. like you have to, you have to like take these steps and, and show that you're actively making a change so that that wrong doesn't happen again. Right. But then in this situation, the wrong that he did to her can't be reversed. Right. So so what do you do? You know, so that's kind of what I've been, I guess, grappling with. And I think I came to a good answer for myself that I feel comfortable putting in the book. So that's been a really interesting journey, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so. Like repentance versus forgiveness. Right. Like if, like, 
Yeah. You shouldn't be, like, repentance is an act of grace. Or, I'm sorry, repentance is, is not an act of grace. Forgiveness <laughs> is an act of grace. Like, yeah. if you, for, if, like, I make, you know, I mess, I, I, you know, I wreck your car. Not to equate, but let's let's just have a fun a fun thing. Sure. Fun? Um, but <laughs> yeah, like, whatever. and then I'm like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. I was texting while driving or something. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to change my life. I'm going to go to driver's classes. I'm going to all this stuff. Yeah, that's all fine. Mm-hmm. But if you're like, yeah, you wrecked my car and you could have killed someone, and it's going to cost me like all this money, even like blah blah blah, all this stuff. You don't ever have to forgive me. Like you said, th- it's not owed, but it's like that thing of like, but then if she wanted to, if she makes the decision to, then she can, but she doesn't owe him that. So it's right. like in her court, but it should be separate from his repentance. Right. Like his repentance yeah. should be not about like, forgive me. It should be like, I was not good. Yeah. I need to try and be good. And then if it comes along that she forgives me, that's just gravy. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's kind of mm-hmm. interesting, too, that you brought that up. Like, oh, I'm going to change and, oh, I still don't forgive you or whatever. Right. Um, there's also within this concept of teshuva, there's two types of forgiveness. Um, and one is forgiveness from a moral standpoint and then forgiveness uh. from the heart. So forgiveness uh. from a moral standpoint is the you know, you wreck my car and you go to driver's ed classes, you you take a pledge to stop texting and driving and, um, you know, you pay to buy me a new car. You have righted the wrong because you fixed yeah. all the stuff that broke. So right. I'm morally obligated to say, I see the changes that you made and I see the things you did to right this wrong. And for that, I forgive you. Right. But I'm not morally obligated to forgive you from my heart and actually right. put that past us and move on, if that makes right. sense. So, yeah, so that's something, <laughs> too. There's, so, I guess it's forgiveness yeah. versus absolution, maybe. Like, it's there, like yeah, oh yeah, that's yeah. a really good way to put it. Yeah, we, we we were talking about that on Can Hardly Wait Minute last week. <laughs> so like, it's fun to, to explore these horribly dark and like heavy topics in this fun party movie <laughs> podcast. But like, yeah, like when how much is enough? What is the if if you do like if you wreck your life in like if I break my my savings account and just like make my entire family go broke yeah paying for your car to make it up for you right does that is that more does that mean more or is it like is there a point is there a like a line at which it's like okay well now what you did and what you did to make up for it balance or even you did a little more than you needed to so like what are there scales like all that sort of yeah. questions of like when does forgiveness become absolution and all that stuff like yeah. or is stuff like forever like yeah you're always a vampire so like you're never forgiven so yeah deal. exactly and i think that there are cases i think that there's cases where it's like yeah you're absolved of this that's fine yeah. we're good now or there's yeah. cases of this is irreparable harm Right. So do what you need to do to make yourself feel better. But I don't owe you yeah. forgiveness, you know? Yeah. So there's definitely different levels to it <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And yeah, it's just really interesting to think about. So yeah. I like that you're writing about yeah. the, the human experience and stuff. So that's cool. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's like, it's, it, I mean, I think this is so cool to be able to dig into like what you are, what you are writing like this month. Mm hmm. To be able to be like, yeah, let's, all right, well, let's learn some lessons from it. It's like, you know, Morgan's NaNoWriMo as a sacred text. Like, you know. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> like. I wasn't I mean, like, expecting that, though. Like, I'm so, like, right. the fact that these things keep popping up and I've had to sit here and think about it and talk it over and grapple with it, like, 
I didn't know that was going to happen this month. And so it's been really wild to like experience that. Like, like even though I've had trouble from a technical standpoint, getting the words in, you know, it's like from a storytelling standpoint, like so much has been going on in my brain that like blows me away that I didn't know was going to happen. So um, that's, that's what's motivating me to want to work on it after November too. And not just be like, this is a mess. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. If, if the jumper cables, if your car starts without the jumper cables, your car starts. Like, I hate to keep coming <laughs> yeah. back to cars, but I guess that's all the only metaphor. There, it's an easy metaphor. It's fine. <laughs> Last week, I was just doing sports metaphors, and I was like, I don't, I don't. Um, like, none but, of this is me. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, you know, I hate to do this on our Hit NaNoWriMo podcast, but NaNoWriMo <laughs> is fake. Like, so, like, yeah. it doesn't, like, if you write 50,000 words between November 3rd and December 5th, yeah. that's still impressive yeah like, that's still a great thing that you've done yeah so this is just a structure around which to to build right i think that it's a path for success yeah. for writing but not yeah. necessarily the only acceptable way if that yeah. makes sense exactly so. exactly it's a ritual yeah it is it's a ritual yeah. we're yeah. in the uh the liminal space of November. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> November is a liminal space now. For a liminal time only, <laughs> NaNoWriMo podcasts are the thing. So excerpts. The idea here is that there is a mysterious person standing on the like hull of the like the front of the ship, pointing a, a laser through the porthole. Okay. <laughs> um, like if they fire the laser, like the ship, everyone's gonna die on the ship. Right. Like, you know, you can't breathe in space. Vacuum of space, Yet. right. Yeah. Um, Yet. <laughs> um, we just have, don't have the gills for it. So, space vampires can. Space. Mm, there it is. Space vampires. <laughs> so, okay. So the May has gone back to her brother, Neil, and is like, what are we going to do? And Neil is, he, as I've established him as like, he is kind of a goofy goofball, but also when it comes to making plans, he's like really good. So. Okay. So he took her to the supply room as he sketched out his plan, which was even more dangerous and foolhardy than he'd sold it. But May's brain was coming up with nothing but scenarios where they were all pulled out into the void of space, so they'd go with Neil's plan, since it did have a possibility for that not to happen. Five minutes later, May was standing at the starboard jettison panel with a walkie headset on. Neil, can you hear me? Loud and clear, sis. Are you ready? Ready as I'll ever be. Okay, remember, when I give the signal, hit the switch and then run up to the cockpit and tell Dad to punch it. Won't the person with the gun see me coming and pull the trigger? Nope, they'll be too busy defending their ship. Okay, I'll wait, your, I'll wait for your mark. Silence overtook the comms once again, and May's worrying about being left alone on the ship started to grow. But then she heard Neil's voice in her ears. Okay, May, mark! She pressed the red button and ran for the cockpit. As she ran, a new voice filled her ears. You really shouldn't discuss this kind of stuff over comms, children. You never know who might be listening. Oh God, who are you? How did you get on our comm channel? I have my ways, just as I have my ways of knowing that you just released a bunch of trash out of your starboard trash ejector port. You really thought I'd pull my attention away from the traitors I see in front of me long enough to glance over at a bunch of metal scraps? Please. I've been thinking about this for years. I'm not going to let distraction pull my attention away. And really, my ship is well out of range of anything your puny family clown car could fire at it. So I'm afraid that all of your planning will come to naught. Why don't you head on up to be with your parents? You are going to up there anyway, and it'll be great to see the looks on all of your faces when I blow your ship apart and you get sucked out into space. Please don't hurt us. I'll come up to the cockpit, but please don't hurt me or my family. I walked up to the cockpit and tried to put on a brave face. May, sweetie, what are you doing? Dad, I'm sorry. It's over. 
You should have paid back my money, Greer. But now you're going to duck. Before he could get the final word out of his mouth, Neil rocketed into him from the starboard side, knocking his laser cannon askew just as he fired it. Unfortunately, his ship wasn't out of range of that blast. As Neil pulled him off the ship with the force of his rocket pack that he'd been tinkering with, the figure's red ship exploded. Whoa. So, yeah, I, I was pretty proud of that. was suspenseful. Thanks. I, I was writing them talking about the plan. I like when people don't say what the plan is and you just see what the plan is. That's yeah. one of my favorite things. But I also liked the idea that they were like, all right, let's discuss the plan. But we're not discussing the plan because we know that he could probably tap into our comms. So, so good. Thanks. Uh, thanks. I like that a lot. Thanks. Cool. Just one more thing of uh, just really quick. Oh, so sure. I, I think I told you guys that I, na- I renamed Ducky from Pretty in Pink. Dorky. Yeah. Yes. Well, this lady is talking about him as the creepiest character in the basically the John Hughes universe, and she's she ca- starts calling him stalkery, and I was really proud of that because it's like Storky, but it's also <laughs> that he's like a stalker, and I was really proud of that. <laughs> so that that's the only thing. That's Please. great. <laughs> <laughs> all right, just a tiny bit of background on mine. I don't know if I've covered this like at all on the podcast yet, but basically the like adhesion point for my two characters the reason why they don't just like go their separate ways at the end is because mm. the main character Callier becomes it's called bonded which basically just means that they have like this like psychic link between each other essentially yeah. um to the vampire and she can't like escape that and so basically right. part of their goal is to go break the bond Right. So that they can go on their separate ways. But one of the side effects of that is that they can like feel each other's emotions. So I, I mentioned that in here and mm-hmm. that's what that's referring to. Right. So Connected through bondage. Got it. Exactly. <laughs> There's a BDSM element in there. <laughs> I killed Tyrion and I was happy to do it. It was satisfying in such a sick way. He finally fell silent, staring wide-eyed at the ground. Callier was stunned into silence. She didn't really know what to say. She knew that she had to say something, anything, to fill the quiet, but really, what does one say to console a monster? Callie's eyes widened at the thought. After all this time, she still thought of him as that, a monster. He was, wasn't he? Whether he wanted to be or not, he seemed to have no choice in the matter. Please, say something, Seth muttered. I can't stand just feeling all of your thoughts. What would you have me say? Just tell me. He turned his broken gaze on her. Tell me I'm terrible. Tell me I'm irredeemable. Say I'm a monster. You're... You're... She couldn't say it. She couldn't say one way or another. You're trying. You're trying to be better than what has been put on you, and I see that. You know you're not the sum of your parts, and nor are you the sum of your history. A product of it, maybe, but by no means the end result. That's not what you think. I can feel it. Then you can also feel I'm speaking truthfully. Seth was silent for several paces. Then, yeah, I can feel that too. The end. That's so good. And <laughs> listener, I am just really sorry that you can't see Morgan's reading dialogue faces because they are great. Are they? <laughs> they you, when you were her, the sassy eye rolls that you gave were like amazing. And I knew... and. You can tell that your dialogue is natural because I kept being like, oh, that was it. Okay. She's coming back. Oh, no, she's still doing dialogue. Okay. She is in it. Like it, the way that you were pacing it and the way that you were, the, the words were, was very natural. It didn't feel stilted because I was, I kept being fooled into thinking you were coming back into actual just talking, which is cool. 
Well, thanks. That's I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> of course. And I can't wait to talk about your book in like English class or whatever. Because like, <laughs> wasn't he a monster? But she can't tell him he's a monster in the sum of his part. All oh, that's like everything you said. I was like, uh huh, yeah. But like, can I, you know? Do are we? Do we show kindness to someone who has hurt us in a time when they need all this stuff? Like, uh, yeah, that's how my so, brain feels sometimes. Yeah. doing this. Yeah, so, it's awesome. I'm, like, I'm glad it translates. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's it's so cool to make a statement and then have it be like. I mean, uh, what does that mean? Like, mm -hmm. wh where is that coming from? Like, yeah. is that true? Is she right? Is she wrong? Yeah. And I think that's what it's like to be a grown-up reader. Because, <laughs> like, and a grown-up writer, I guess. Like, it, yeah. it, it's, it's interesting to have, you know, I'm not sure. I mean, I think personally, like, yeah, I mean, they're bonded together. May as well just, like, not be calling people monsters when you have to sort of then awkwardly you know, go get food together or whatever. Right. Your psychic <laughs> handcuffs are like, I can't, I'll turn away while you go to the bathroom, I guess. But like, yeah, I mean, don't make it awkward, which is a weird way to take that. But like, you know, but also maybe I'm wrong. And it's just yeah. so cool to, to put that in discussion and to, to put that out there like that. Yeah. So cool. Well, Great job. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And I hope Absolutely. that the rest of this mess of a draft can come through that way as well because that was one of the shining gems in the pile of dirt that is my oh. NaNoWriMo. So. I, but see, the thing is, getting those themes out, that's the important part. Having I think it's going to make there, it, yeah, it's going to make it a can, lot easier to deal with later. Hose off all the dirt and put it in a cool setting later. <laughs> if you have the gems, if you make those gems, that's the real important part. Oh Everything else is just the way to get to them. You know? You're so, like, that's so inspiring. <laughs> You're so inspiring right now. Well, cool. Thank you. Yeah. Well, well, I guess on that nice note. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> this was about as intense a discussion I was as I was preparing for. I've been looking forward to it all month, so yeah. I'm I'm really glad that we we waited and it was worth the wait. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, definitely. Yeah. I feel really bonded to you right now. By blood? But you knew I felt that way. Oh, um, I did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, I guess I'll talk to you next week, too. So, like... Yeah. I mean, like... <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I'll just talk to you next week. But good luck um, on the rest of your project. You, too. I hope that everything works out, and... I know that you're going to do great. I know that you're... You're probably already sitting at 50K and just haven't said anything to spare my feelings, so... I've been pacing myself. Like, I, I reached 50K, like, two weeks ago. It was just, like... <laughs> <laughs> what the work I've been doing is like, what's not the most aggravating way to say that I did it three months ago? <laughs> well, don't say you did it three months ago because that's not the rule. But anyways, um, yeah, but thank you very much. It's 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 really the first case in my life where slow and steady is something that I actually can manage instead mm -hmm. of just being the rabbit that runs three paces and then goes and gets Chipotle. Like it's yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so. Absolutely. Uh, well, well, this has been so lovely, James. It has been just a just a blast. If people want more of the blast that it is to be in your life, where could they follow you on the internet? Follow me? Uh, yeah, well, yeah. I, on the internet, uh, can be found mostly anywhere at Morgan Spatola, which is S-P-A-T-O-L-A. -A. And uh, cool. what about you, James? Uh, well, if people wanted to, to, to follow me and talk to me about stuff, uh, that would be at Unabashed James on Twitter. And uh, nowhere else, actually. So that's cool. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> right on. Yeah. Uh, you can also find uh, many other great shows on the Scavengers Network, the network that we are proud to be a part of, and that would be at scavengersnetwork.com and at scavengersnet on Twitter. Yep. And you can find the show in general on Twitter at whamjuicepod. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think that's pretty much it, unless there's something else we got. There's still time uh, to call to uh, the hotline at wetbadzerohot. That's right. Which I just want to say right now is a little gem that I found on the internet with numbers and stuff. And every time anyone but me says it, I'm like, that's so dumb. It's so ridiculous. It's great. (laughs) So (laughs) So great. There's still time because we're going to be doing interviews all all next week post interviews and so if you want to talk about how your nano is going or how it went or if this has sparked any ideas or if any other episodes have sparked any ideas feel free to call us or email us at wethotamericanmoonjuice at mm-hmm. gmail.com and I mean like we'll pro- we check it mostly in November but like we check it other times too so like we do. if you if, if something ever occurs to you please you know leave us a note send us a voicemail yeah. we'll get back to you probably 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 I mean like <laughs> probably but um, we could be incredibly famous by the time you write to us. So like it's going to be kind crossed. of like crossed. Yeah, we'll see what like Ramon says about like what the priorities are of when we're going to get back. <laughs> but um, yeah, but Morgan, this is awesome. You're awesome. And as are I guess, you. Thank you. And, and talk to you later. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.